Welcome to this podcast of sermons at CUNY United Methodist Church. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah, the 35th chapter. The desert and the dry land will be glad. The wilderness will rejoice and blossom like the crocus. They will burst into bloom and receive with joy and singing. They will receive the glory of Lebanon the splendor of Carmel and Sharon. They will see the Lord's glory, the splendor of our God. Strengthen the weak hands and support the unsteady knees. Say to those who are panicking, be strong, don't fear. Here's your God coming with vengeance, with divine retribution. God will come to save you. A highway will be there. It will be called the holy way. The unclean won't travel on it, but it will be for those walking on that way. Even fools won't get lost on it. No lion will be there and no predator will go up on it. None of these will be there. Only the redeemed will walk on it. The Lord's ransomed ones will return and enter Zion with singing, with everlasting joy upon their heads. Happiness and joy will overwhelm them. Grief and groaning will flee them. May we receive joy in the hearing of these words. Prophets are painters. They paint pictures of a time to come when people will be at peace with one another. Hope will be made real and all will shout for joy. Even if that time seems far off, we know it has already begun in Jesus, who is love come down to transform our lives and the world. This Advent season, as we prepare to celebrate the birth of Jesus, We celebrate how he has made possible what once seemed impossible. Peace, hope, joy, and love. So we are in the season of Advent, a season of preparation. It's the third Sunday of Advent. We're halfway through. Some of you have been decorating your home and your Christmas tree is up. Some have Advent wreaths. You do Advent decorations. The Advent wreath is that wreath with four candles for the four Sundays of Advent and that white candle in the center for Christmas. Today is um, the third Sunday, so we light the rose candle. The rose is a color of joy. And we are halfway through Advent. Some of you are saying, whoo, halfway through, yay, I can't wait. And others of you are saying, what? It's halfway through already. And this is the third week we're hearing from the prophet Isaiah. And maybe some of you are saying, when do we get to hear about Jesus? I mean, this is preparation for Christmas. When do we at least get to hear the backstory? When do we get to hear about Elizabeth and Zechariah? That story from Luke chapter 1. They were an old couple and Zechariah was a priest, went in, um, to the, to the sanctuary, and an angel appeared and told him that his elderly wife would have a baby who we know is John the Baptist. When do we hear about the angel coming to Mary 
in Luke chapter 2, or the angel coming to Joseph in Matthew chapter 1, or when do we hear about Mary's visit to Elizabeth? When the baby that Elizabeth was carrying leapt for joy in the presence of Mary and the baby she was carrying. And we hear those amazing, that amazing song of praise from Mary that we call the Magnificat. My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he has looked with favor on the lowly state of his servant. Surely from now on, All generations will call me blessed, for the mighty one has done great things for me, and holy is his name. Indeed, his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He's shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He's brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He's filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He's come to the aid of his child Israel in remembrance of his mercy, according to the promises he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. Those are some of my favorite passages from scripture. I assume that very few of you are saying, when do we get the genealogy? You know, from Matthew chapter 1, where so-and-so begat so-and-so, or from Luke chapter 3, so-and-so was the son of so-and-so. Those can seem, it can seem kind of long, a little irrelevant, boring to us. To Jesus' first followers, the genealogy was super important. It showed how Jesus came from the line of King David that Jesus was one of them, that Jesus was their brother, that Jesus didn't just drop out of the sky from nowhere, but he was part of the community. Well, these passages from Isaiah that we've been hearing, those show how Jesus is connected to God. These passages from Isaiah are part of Jesus' backstory, that he didn't just fall out of the sky out of nowhere but that the incarnation, the birth of Jesus, was part of a bigger story of what God had been doing. The genealogy shows how Jesus is fully human and part of the community. The prophecies of Isaiah show how Jesus is fully divine and connected to God, part of God. God come to be with us. We've we've been walking through salvation history which is this action of God that started at the beginning of time and goes to the end of time, that God has been saving us from the very beginning and will go on saving us to the very end. In creation, God created. In Abraham and Sarah, God called a people. In the Exodus, God saved the people from slavery. In the promised land, God led the people to a new land. And then there were the kingdoms of Israel when the people rejected God. And there was the exile when they were sent away from their home and the return when God redeemed them. And then there was the birth of Jesus, the Christ, the life, the ministry, um, the, the dying and rising of Jesus the Christ when God was one of us, when God incarnated. 
And then there was the church. God pouring out the Holy Spirit and God calling all people. And we have the parousia to look forward to when Christ returns again. It is this arc of salvation history. We are Christ-focused, as we should be. And Advent is when we get to hear part of Jesus' backstory, the prequel to the main event. This passage from Isaiah that we heard uh, Patrick share with us is from that exile and return period. Exile was a key turning point in Jewish history. It was when their identity shifted from primarily being a nation with a king to their identity primarily being followers of God, a religious identity, followers of God, people who follow God's law. And during this period, folks rewrote much of their sacred scripture. Some of their sacred scripture, our sacred scripture, was written down for the first time. We call it the Old Testament. And in Christ, the God who redeemed the people from captivity, who brought them back to the land of Israel, is the same God who will be born in a manger, outside in a barn, rejected then, but God is persistent, and God stays engaged. This passage that we heard about this return, scholars are um, unsure whether it was written during the exile, a poetic hope, for what God would do, or if it was written after the exile, a poetic memory of what God did do. But regardless, you can hear the joy in the writing. You can hear the excitement of the people, that even the wilderness was rejoicing. The desert and the dry land were rejoicing that God has come to save us all, and it was a long, a long walk back. So God strengthened weak hands. God supported unsteady knees. God assured those with anxiety. God calmed those with panic attacks. And God built a holy way, a highway for that return. Easy to follow. Even fools can't get lost. And then we hear about God's ransomed ones. Would you read these holy words with me? The Lord's ransomed ones will return and enter Zion with singing, with everlasting joy upon their heads. Happiness and joy will overwhelm them. Happiness and joy will overwhelm them. I guess that's what happens. When things seemed hopeless, seemed absolutely impossible, and then there's God, and it's possible, and it's happening. And God comes with strength, and God saves you and redeems your whole people. Let's take a closer look at this story about how God does this. How does God redeem us and save us? We're going to look at it from our perspective, and we're going to look at it from God's perspective. Now, Scripture 
is inspired by God, written by human beings. Scripture tends to be more from our perspective. So we hear things about vengeance, God's vengeance, because we want vengeance. This is a big book. Mine is 1,600 pages. It's actually a collection of 66 books, um, all printed together. Some are uh, stories, histories, narratives. Some are poems. Some are hymn lyrics. Some are letters. And at first, when you first kind of start your scripture journey, you know, and you're just trying to figure out where things are, there are so many details and names and places that you have never heard of. And it can feel overwhelming, all of these details. But after a while, when you've spent some time with Scripture, you start noticing the same themes come up over and over. The same stories seem to be replayed. Different detail, but the same story. We're going to look at that story. First, from our perspective, good things come from God. God provides God saves. God gives us good things. Well, life is good. Life is good, and we think, we got this. We don't need God anymore. We get indifferent towards God. We walk away from God. And then hard times come. Hard times that we can't handle on our own. And we think, where is God? Why did God do this to me? God has abandoned me. And then God shows up and saves us. And we do it again and again. God shows up and saves us. And and God gives us good things. And then after a while, we think, we got this. We don't need God. We do the same story over and over. Let's look at that story from God's perspective. God says, I give good things. I create good things. I give life. I heal. I give meaning. And then they think they don't need me. They cast me aside. They reject me. But I keep watch. I stay with them and I keep watch and I wait. I wait until they call for me. I don't force, I don't coerce, I wait until they call for me. And then I save them. I save them. I redeem them. And I do it over and over and over and over until they trust me. It's the same story. We think God has left because we told God to go. God never left. God saves us because God never left. God is faithful. Even when we abandon God, God remains faithful to us. God won't leave us. God never abandons us. This week, this came up on my feed. I have given God a million reasons not to love me. None of them changed God's mind. Isn't that true? Isn't that what we do? We give God a million reasons, and God remains unconvinced. 
God does not abandon us, does not leave. We send ourselves into exile. We do things to ourselves to separate us from God, to make our life hard. We ignore God. We reject God. We're pretty sure that we can do it on our own. We don't need God or anybody else. And then hard times come. Things that we can't handle on our own. Things that we are not strong enough for. Maybe it's the loss of a business or a loss of a job or a loss of a loved one or a loss of health. Legs that don't work or depression that has grown into an oppressive dark monster or an addiction that is out of control or cancer finances don't work out or our car breaks down our life is just not what we thought it would be it's kind of boring and unfulfilling we're doing the same thing over and over and family is difficult and relationships are just not that great life feels meaningless and then we turn to god finally we discover God saving us. We discover God cherishing us and redeeming us, always there, giving us a life filled with meaning. And not only has God not forgotten us, God has built a highway back to God. God has built us a highway to this good life with God, a highway so easy to follow, even fools can't get lost. What seemed impossible, God makes possible. For those folks returning home after 50 years in exile, that seemed impossible. They were in exile, ruled by the most powerful empire in their known world. Returning home was impossible until God made it possible. And then They were headed home and they were overwhelmed with happiness and joy. And the same thing happens to us when when we find ourselves saved, redeemed by God. We become overwhelmed by happiness and joy. And our joy spills out to others. The amazing thing is even when we feel abandoned, God was always there. God was always there with us. I was just talking to a person this week, and they said, when I was growing up, I learned about God and how, you know, Jesus had come to save us. But it wasn't until someone said to me, Jesus spoke your name on the cross. That did it. God has come for us together God has come for us, each one of us. God spoke, Jesus spoke your name on the cross. I suspect many of us secretly believe that God loves others unconditionally. But we have to watch out. We have to be careful. I can't screw it up. I better watch myself. 
or God will abandon me, or maybe we think I was never really good enough in the first place, so I have to kind of do stuff to show that I'm worthy for God to pay attention to, for God to notice. I have good news for you. You can't screw it up. You can't make God abandon you. And you were created good enough. Every human being created in the image and likeness of God, we were created good enough. And when that sinks in, there is happiness and there is joy. We become overwhelmed with happiness and joy. Joy made possible. Amen. Would you pray with me? Lord God, you created us for joy. You created us to be with you. You never abandoned us and you promised us you never would. Lord, you are a God who keeps your promises. Thank you, Lord. Fill us with your joy. Fill us with your happiness. Let us see the ways that you are saving us, that you redeem us. Unite us with your holy people everywhere, Lord, that we may celebrate together. We pray this in your holy name. Thanks for listening. This podcast is preached almost always by our pastor, Reverend Mia Crossway. CUNA United Methodist Church is a community on a mission to make disciples for the transformation of the world. To support this podcast and the missional priorities of this church, go to cunaumc.org and click on Give. Any amount helps. And if you're kind enough to share your contact information with us, we'll continually send you things.